Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Steve and I had been preparing for over two years to bring a baby into our home. We had saved all the money. We had done the home inspections. The home inspections, which often felt like part police interrogation and part therapy session. But once that was done, we were ready. The next thing we needed to do was to put together our profile book. This profile book is essentially an overview of what our lives were like and what the life of a child could be in our home. There was a page about me, talked about my love of biking, my volunteering, and how much I love to garden. There was a page about Steve, talked about his love of baking, how much he enjoyed yoga, and how much together we enjoyed a really good cup of coffee. There was a page about Aiden, our personable and very loving French bulldog. And with this book, we were ready. The only thing we were waiting on was a phone call. That phone call came from mother in Arizona in the summer of 2018. She had selected us to adopt her unborn baby. And now it was really time to get ready. Steve put together the crib. I put together the nursery or the dresser. And together we installed and tested out the video monitor. And with all those things done, we were ready. The mother was due in late November, early December. So we let our employers know that we were going to be gone and we were going to be taking time off. We were just waiting on the next phone call, the phone call that said the baby was on the way. What came first was an 8 a.m. meeting request from Steve's boss, and thus began a 96-hour period where nothing went right. The 8 a.m. meeting was what we thought it was. Steve had been terminated. He called me shortly thereafterwards, vented a little bit, we talked about the game plan, and he got to work right away on finding a new job. We were about to become parents, and we didn't have time to wallow in our anger, our worry, our fears, and frustrations. That's what parents do. The next day, less than 24 hours later, was election day. And today was my day. You see, I was on the ballot for the Iowa House of Representatives in District 19, so I had that to worry about. Elections are a very special day, and we were excited for two reasons. One, because I was on the ballot, and this race was going to be over one way or another. And two, as a politico, election day is a lot like the Super Bowl. It is a day filled with tremendous anticipation. But make no mistake, we were ready for it to be over. We had campaigned for over two years to win this race. But nothing prepares you for the eventual outcome, especially when you lose, and you only get 498 votes out of 18,741 cast. <laughs> I'm very proud of the race we ran and why we ran, but the losing part was not something I would recommend. The next day, Wednesday, we received news 
that a dear family friend had passed away from a short battle with cancer. That was a gut punch. We lost a job, we lost an election, and now we'd lost a very dear friend. While Mark was not a family member, he was about as close to family as you could get. And his kindness to friends and strangers alike is still missed to this day. As if it couldn't get any worse. It did. But we had this beacon of, of hope. We knew the mother was going to be uh, coming, the baby was going to be coming early. The caseworker had called us that week and told us she's going to be going early. Okay, we were ready. We made sure our employers knew. In fact, I went to work that Friday, prepared for that to be my last day. Made sure my to-do list was done. Everyone knew what jobs they had to take over for me. And then Steve called me. It was about 10 o'clock Friday morning. I had been waiting on the call, so I took it. And he said, the caseworker just called. Michelle had the baby. And she decided to keep it. So I quickly called my boss, gathered my team together and let them know, and then walked up to the HR, HR department. A mother herself, Donna, had been a tremendous support throughout the entire process. She'd come to the baby shower and always asked how things were going, so I let her know. I told her baby had been born and that the mother decided to keep her, and her face went from sheer excitement to unbelievable sadness in a split second. And she leaned in close and asked, can I give you a hug? It is HR after all, so I appreciated her asking me. <laughs> And I said yes, because in that moment, I needed the hug. I went home, and we sat on the couch. I don't know for how long. We didn't say much. Then we called our families, we called our moms, and let them know. We called the people who were going to be watching Aiden, that they didn't need to come and pick him and his suitcase up, because <laughs> we weren't going to Arizona. And with each phone call, we had to relive the terror of this thing that we hadn't even begun to process. We napped later that day, we made dinner, and we unpacked our bags because we weren't gonna be going to Arizona and we needed our stuff. And before I crawled into bed, I stood outside of the baby's room and looked in. I couldn't go in, and I didn't go in that room for weeks. But you see, there's always hope. The next week when we were at, uh, the next day, we needed to get out of the house. We had been zombies all day, as you would, you would expect. But we needed groceries because we hadn't planned on being home, so we had no food in the house. So we got in the car to go get groceries. And on the way there, we both finally let out all of the anger, all of the frustration that we had been holding in all week. And when we were done, we decided to get some ice cream. It might have been freezing cold, and I'm not a big ice cream fan to begin with, but it just sounded good in that moment. So we went and got ice cream. And the next week at Mark's funeral, Mark's wife pulled us aside at the reception and said, God owes me. I was a little taken aback by that, but she proceeded to explain that by taking Mark so early, God owed her. 
and that she had been praying to God and Mark over the past week, don't worry about me. Get them a baby. And in that moment, I I was touched. But how do you, in, in that moment, summon that kind of strength for someone else? And so, Steve and I turned towards each other, and we chose joy. And that joy was fulfilled with another phone call in early 2019. Another mother had selected us, and her gift was born on February 26th, 2019. And she's sitting right over there, the cuddly, cute little girl who turns one-year-old tomorrow. She has completely stolen my heart, as one would expect. In the face of 96 hours of anger, of loss, of frustration, of fear, of doubt, we did the only thing we could, and we chose joy. And that's how we've decided to tackle each and every day that we have now been given, full of joy. Thank you.